Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today is a blast from the past as we're once again discussing Dr. Disrespect and his very silent ban from Twitch as of about a year ago. Now, if you aren't familiar with this story, we do have a playlist. This will actually be the 15th video in that playlist, which started out with one of our most popular videos on the channel, talking about how silence in the context of a major contractual dispute shouldn't really be read as indicating much of anything. For those of you that don't know, Dr. Disrespect had signed up with a pretty massive exclusive deal to stream exclusively on the Twitch video game streaming platform early last year. By the middle of last year, Dr. Disrespect had been, as described in Forbes here, abruptly banned with a statement from Twitch that amounted to nothing. As is our process, we take appropriate action when we have evidence that a streamer has acted in violation of our community guidelines or terms of service. These apply to all streamers, regardless of status or prominence in the community. Now, we know that Dr. Disrespect had a separate contract. We know he was represented by significant agents and lawyers, the likes of which represent Hollywood stars and that ilk. So we're talking about sophisticated parties. And one of the things I mentioned here is that rather than, as reporters did last summer, trying to speculate as to what the problem might have been, including speculating in some very untowards fashions about what this could have been as a problem for Dr. Disrespect and Twitch, it made more sense that the parties with millions of dollars at stake would be acting fairly silently. And that has been the case for most of a year. Dr. Disrespect has given hints as to what's been going on. Twitch has said absolutely nothing. And that changed yesterday. And this was linked to me by dozens of of people that follow and watch Virtual Legality. I thank all of you. I can't tip you all, but know that I get your DMs, I get your links, and I very much appreciate being told about things like this when they occur. On your screen right now is a YouTube clip session made by Dr. Disrespect and his channel itself of what I believe is a live stream from yesterday, and it's entitled Dr. Disrespect Finally Opens Up About You Know What. Now, In fairness, he only talks about the Twitch situation for about the first two, two and a half minutes of the video. The rest is kind of a highlight reel, I guess, a music video uh, of what he does in his streams. You can check out the whole thing, but only the top couple of minutes have anything to do with this. But in that top couple of minutes, he says quite a lot. And we're going to talk about what I thought were the most salient statements. First, I make probably a fourth, a quarter of what I was making on Twitch. A year later from being banned from the platform, a lot of people think, eh, Doc, you did good. You're incredible. Listen, we've certainly tried to maximize the most of what we have to work with. Our ultimate bigger building out of the umbrella and the Doc universe and everything, whether it's obvious or not, the blacklisting, the shadow banning, it's happening. And as well as you think we're doing, and I think we're doing well enough, I'll tell you, man, it's been extremely disheartening. He also references feeling like he's on a roller coaster of emotion. Now, I'm skipping ahead till after the last slide we're going to talk about here, but it's important to kind of get what the thought process is before we talk about the pending lawsuit. What's the first thing you see when you type the name in on Google? Well, as someone is talking to him off camera, you see his name, you see references to, I guess, a Lamborghini. You also see Dr. Banned from Twitch, no reason why. You think a big-time company like Nike is going to want to work with that big question mark? It's affected us in so many different ways. 
I've just been a, and I put the dot, dot, dot here. It's not to hide the ball. It's suggestive of him saying, I've just been a wreck. I've been an emotional mess, whatever it might be. If you go back to this whole playlist, you see towards the end here references that Dr. Disrespect continues to make about his anxiety, about not being able to deal with this situation. And as a lawyer, I look at it maybe a little bit differently than as a human being. Obviously, we don't want to see people in emotional distress and the extent that that's accurate. That's one thing. And I feel bad for anybody that's going through a circumstance like that. As a lawyer, I look at it and say, hmm, all right, if we parse out these various threads and we see, okay, I'm making a fourth of what I was making before. You're establishing damages. You're trying to show I'm making a lot less money. You're also trying to say if someone were to counter and say, well, you've mitigated those damages. You're on YouTube. You're making money. I'm seeing subscribers come in on your videos. You're saying, yes, I want to, com- to be nice to the people that are subscribing to me and to support the channel, but I'm only maximizing the most of what I have to work with. I'm not. I'm making a quarter of what I used to make. Twitch did real damage to me, not just through its terms of service and its community guidelines, but putting a contract in front of me, having me sign it up, and then doing what it has done, banning me and not saying a word so that everybody assumes the worst. I've lost not just on the contract money that Twitch had in front of me, not just on things like other relationships, on the Doc universe, presumably his MCU, whatever that might be. And then implications that things have gone further, blacklisting, shadow banning, using Twitch as a bellwether. Well, if Twitch suspended this individual, I probably shouldn't work with them. There are accusations between the lines here. And he says, it's been extremely disheartening. I've just been a dot, dot, dot. We can suggest it says something like emotional wreck. And that Twitch, by going out there and doing what they did, has allowed, at bare minimum, for this situation to suffuse his entire business livelihood to the point where this last slide says, but a lot of people ask me, do you know the reason? Yeah, I do know the reason why now. I've known for months now the reason why. And I'll just say this right now, champs, there's a reason why, and he gives a long pause here, we're suing the expletive out of them. Now, this has been reported in a number of outlets, major outlets from the time that he made this. I believe it was late yesterday. But there's a couple of things that we have to talk about first. One, when people say they are suing someone, it doesn't necessarily mean they're suing someone. And I know that sounds a little bit unintuitive, but for non-lawyers, you can say I'm suing someone to indicate that you're escalating a dispute. And one of the issues that he has, as we've talked about in the past, and we will talk about in the second half of this video, in hurdles, is the notion of arbitration. One of the reasons why it made sense for this to be so quiet for so long is because Twitch, in its terms of service, very clearly evidenced a support of confidential arbitration, of not going to court on issues that related to the way it functions. And that's pretty normal for businesses, however you feel about arbitration as a concept. And so if you were to say, the arbitration system isn't going well, or we're appealing that, even if it's to a different arbitrating source or to the court system, you're not necessarily suing them as much as you are continuing down that arbitration process. So he could be being just a little bit nonspecific about his language, but let's assume that he's not. What can we tell from the slides that we just looked at that might be the theory here of his action? Well, I look at it and see a couple of things that he appears to be implying. First is this concept of intentional infliction of interference with prospective economic relations. We'll get to intentional infliction of emotional distress. That's the second half of the discussion. But 
Interference with prospective economic relations, what you might think of as interference with contracts, doesn't quite have to go that far. You don't have to have a contractual relationship between parties. In California, and I've pulled up the jury instructions as I like to do for discussions of California law, intentional interference with prospective economic advantage has five elements. One, the existence between the plaintiff and some third party of an economic relationship that contains the probability of future economic benefit to the plaintiff. So in your head, you're imagining I'm on a phone call with Nike. We're discussing a potential deal and Nike's going to go ask Twitch about what's happening or Nike's going to not do this deal because of what Twitch did somehow. The defendant here, Twitch, knowledge of the relationship, intentionally wrongful acts by Twitch designed to disrupt the relationship, actual disruption and economic harm. Of course, no matter what Twitch does, if you aren't actually harmed by it, you're not going to have a legal cause of action. So one thing that Dr. Disrespect might be setting up is this notion that Twitch, either within the contract or more likely without, presuming that arbitration has been covering things for the past year, is acting in a way that is harming his ability to do things like we have seen in the playlist, Call of Duty tournaments, other appearances that people are clearly asking Twitch about, or that because Twitch is the sponsor or lead for one of these tournaments is saying Dr. Disrespect is not allowed to be a member of your tournament in a way that exceeds the bounds of the contract. Twitch suspending someone doesn't usually have the effect of blowing up every possible other thing they could do in their lives. But Twitch is so big and sponsors so many things that Dr. Disrespect does that this is an unusual, if not novel, legal question. Twitch suspending him is probably fine. They have general authority to do what they will on their platform, and they can sort out the damages directly in the contract in that arbitration process. But this has expanded past some of the nebulous area, even of the contract, into a place where you say, can he even function as a party and with a livelihood? And if he can't, then the state, then the federal government starts to get more interested in what that relationship between parties looks like. There is a broad belief in the United States that we should give power to the contracting parties and enforce the contracts as they have seen fit to write them. But when it starts to have implications on other things, if Dr. Disrespect can't sign a deal with Activision or EA or Nike or Call of Duty or anyone else because of a separate suspension, Twitch isn't those companies, well then the court system might get a little bit more interested. Now you still have to show Twitch doing something wrong, which in my mind is some of the hardest stuff that might be implied. What did Twitch do? If you can have evidence that they got on the phone and told the other side not to deal with Dr. Disrespect and maybe said something that was untruthful perhaps, then you could have a case. If they didn't do that, or if they just said, hey, I'm not gonna talk about employee matters or contract matters, and we're just gonna leave it out there just simmering, then that's harder to make the legal case on, even if it has the same kind of effect. Now, the other way you might go with it is a lesser standard, right? You might, instead of saying it's intentional, you might claim that it's negligent. Here we have the negligent interference with prospective economic relations kind of test in California. It's very similar. It says there has to be the existence of an economic relationship between the plaintiff and a third party. Think Nike, think Call of Duty. The defendant has to have knowledge of that relationship. The defendant's knowledge that the relationship would be disrupted if the defendant failed to act with quote-unquote reasonable care. The defendant's failure to act with that reasonable care, and then, of course, you were harmed by what the defendant here, Twitch, 
actually decided to do. Now, negligence isn't intentionality. If you haven't been to law school, intentionality, one of the higher things you have to prove, you have to show that they deliberately did something. They went out and said, no, 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 Call of Duty, Nike, whatever, you shouldn't be interacting with Dr. Disrespect. And we won't interact with you if you interact with him. You start to get into antitrust and anti-competitive concerns and all those kinds of things. Maybe he can make that case. But it might be easier to make a negligence case that says, look, what you did here, even if it was within the bright line bounds of the contract that you have the right to do certain of these things, suspend me, for instance, by going out with no information, by allowing what you know to be falsehoods, hopefully, if your doctor disrespects team, to simmer out there, to be spread around by major journalistic outlets, is not acting with the reasonable care that you owe to a contract partner, even if that relationship is in the past. So through your negligence, by not clearing this thing up, by not acting with alacrity, with speediness, you have harmed my ability to make a living in a fashion that in general, the state governments are going to be very negative about. Still though, you can see how difficult a case this is to make. Negligent interference, intentional interference with contractual or prospective economic relations are hard cases to make because usually if you're a company like Twitch owned by Amazon, you have your own team of lawyers and you aren't making footfalls, you aren't making simple mistakes in the communications you're having with other parties. Yet, we have seen throughout this Dr. Disrespect story that there are cases where he's clearly being prohibited from participating in tournaments that he otherwise would have participated in, from making money in ways that he otherwise would have made money in a fashion that is adjacent to Twitch, but is not Twitch itself, and in a way that might, might have some ability to bring a successful lawsuit. The other thing he brings is even harder or suggests in the statements that he made, and that's this concept of emotional distress, right? Intentional infliction, virtually impossible. The conduct of the defendant has to be outrageous, intended to cause distress, or with reckless disregard for causing that distress, causes that distress, and was a factor in the distress itself. And if that doesn't sound that hard because you think Twitch is acting outrageously, understand outrageous is really, really tough. Outrageous conduct is conduct so extreme that it goes beyond all possible bounds of decency. All possible bounds of decency? I'm not even sure we have an outer limit to the bounds of decency in 2021, but that's between me and you. Conduct is outrageous if a reasonable person would regard the conduct as intolerable in a civilized community. Outrageous conduct does not include trivialities, such as indignities, annoyances, hurt feelings, or bad manners that a reasonable person is expected to endure. What do you think Twitch has done to Dr. Disrespect? Is it outrageous in its nature? I would say that you and I sitting here on the outside can't say that because we still don't know what the underlying cause is claimed to be by Twitch or what the underlying cause is believed to be by Dr. Disrespect. We don't know the answer to that. And that's an important question to have answered to understand how Twitch is behaving and whether or not that behavior is actually outrageous. The more likely avenue here, the reason... If in lawyer speak, you reference the fact that you're emotionally being harmed by all this is to try to add to the damages overall. Here we see negligence, just general negligence instructions in California, talking about the fact that if there's a negligence breach of a duty arising out of a pre-existing relationship, which undoubtedly existed here in the Twitch scenario, then while negligent infliction of emotional distress is not an independent claim, you can't bring a lawsuit just based on this it does add to the potential damages if, as part of the negligence action, which here would be attached to the interference with 
economic relationships, you can show that the party wasn't acting with reasonable care and did cause this emotional damage to you. Now, in the same way that we talked about outrageous conduct, it's very difficult to get to severe, serious mental distress. It may be found here as stated where a reasonable man normally constituted would be unable to adequately cope with the mental stress engendered by the circumstances of the case. So what you're seeing here from me are possibilities based solely on the things that we can glean from these slides. We don't know. There is no lawsuit filed. We haven't seen anything from Dr. Disrespect. So this is all primarily speculative, but these are the kinds of things that are hinted at from statements like this. I just been a wreck. I've had anxiety. I've had emotional problems. They are preventing me from interacting with other people in the marketplace. They are limiting my ability to make a livelihood. And California might well be a place that is willing to listen to that kind of argument. In fact, they have one of the stronger kind of anti-competitive rules on their books, which says if you've got a contract that restrains trade in such a fashion that it harms people, then you're not allowed to have that contract. So that brings us to the second half of this video, which is one of the biggest hurdles that Dr. Disrespect is facing is not just the hurdles of bringing elements to a legal case, which will be difficult in and of themselves, but also this concept of arbitration, right? We've looked at this before. Here are the Twitch terms of service. You and Twitch agree to arbitrate. What do you agree to arbitrate? Any dispute arising from these terms of service. And they give a special note. Arbitration prevents you from suing in court or from having a jury trial. You and Twitch further agree to attempt informal resolution prior to arbitration, that any arbitration will occur in Santa Clara County, California, that arbitration will be conducted confidential, uh, confidentially by a single arbitrator in accordance with the rules of JAMS, which is an arbitration group, and that the state or federal courts in Santa Clara County, California have exclusive jurisdiction over any appeals of an arbitration award and over any suit between the parties not subject to arbitration. So they're saying you agree to arbitrate anything arising from these terms of service. And we'll note, as we talked about, that Twitch tied this particular issue to the terms of service and to the community guidelines. They believe that what they're fighting about, if anything, at this point in time in the middle of 2021, is related to those terms of service subject to arbitration. And until now, we've believed that the Dr. Disrespect team has thought the same. But by referencing lawsuits, by actually saying it on the live stream and then recording a clip of it on YouTube, it's strongly suggestive that Dr. Disrespect's lawyers are okay with what he's going out with in terms of communication, which leads us to how could this be the case? If you've agreed to arbitrate everything arising under the terms of service, if you've got a federal arbitration act that says a written provision involving commerce to settle by arbitration, a controversy thereafter arising out of such contract shall be valid, irrevocable, and enforceable, setting forth a federal standard that says, if you put an arbitration section in your contract, that's going to, as a general rule, be enforced against you. How do they get around this? Well, interestingly, one of the ways they might get around it, we have seen only a couple of days ago in a discussion with respect to Black Widow versus Disney, which is a video you can also check out on this channel. A couple of days ago, Deadline reported in a witching hour filing last night, the Walt Disney Company took Scarlett Johansson to task for daring to make her financial dispute with them over Black Widow public. The Marvel parent company is demanding the whole thing go behind closed doors on the East Coast ASAP. And what are they saying with more particularity? Well, if you go and you look at their counter, 
They say, importantly for this motion, Marvel and Periwinkle, which is Scarlett Johansson's company, agreed that all claims, controversies, or disputes arising out of, in connection with, or relating to the agreement, the performance, or breach thereof, or default hereunder, whether based on contract, tort, or statute, shall be resolved by binding arbitration in New York, New York. Now, if you aren't familiar with the Black Widow versus Disney case, she is arguing that their release of the Black Widow movie on Disney Plus at the same time that they released it widely in theaters was a violation of the contract is very much specifically a contract argument. So if there's an arbitration clause in that contract as suggested by Disney, I strongly believe Disney is going to win this argument because the U.S. federal government has expressed a strong desire to enforce arbitration clauses and the fight here between Scarlett Johansson and Disney seems to be very much related to reading the contract itself. Now, with respect to Dr. Disrespect, no pun intended, we don't know exactly what the arbitration clause in his contract reads. We know that Twitch likes to write them this way. This is the public way in their terms of service that they're to be confidential in Santa Clara County. And we can strongly suspect that there's going to be a similar provision in the underlying exclusivity contract itself. But much like Black Widow trying to sue Marvel via Disney, with whom she doesn't have a direct contract, this might be a case where bringing claims of things like intentional interference with prospective economic relations or infliction of emotional distress or problems with competition provisions in the state of California could be argued to be arising outside the bounds of the contract itself, right? The ultimate purpose of the contract between Dr. Disrespect and Twitch is to say you'll only stream here and we'll pay you X millions of dollars. It had nothing to do with preventing you from being in Call of Duty tournaments, from otherwise hurting your livelihood and your name in the general industry of video game streaming. So you could come to the court and say, we're suing. We're not arbitrating because what we're arguing doesn't arise out of the terms of service, doesn't arise out of the contract that we have entered into with you, but is instead wholly separate from this. This is something that Twitch is doing, that it's not meeting its burdens, that it's otherwise harming us emotionally or harming our other relationships or harming competition on the whole that can't be bound to just an exclusivity agreement between my client and Twitch. And so... I might argue that I can bring that lawsuit and not have to arbitrate it. The problem is, in general, that default rule is going to be in favor of arbitration. And more specifically, it's most often going to be the case that arbitratability is going to be decided by the arbitrators themselves, which in general like to arbitrate things. That's how they make their money. Here's an ABA article from just a couple of years ago in which the Supreme Court, and I believe it was Kavanaugh's first decision, said the Federal Arbitration Act does not contain an exception for wholly groundless contentions of arbitratability. So if the party's contract refers issues of arbitratability to the arbitrators, then presumably if a claim of arbitratability is groundless, the arbitrators will have no difficulty so ruling. Now, it might be the case that the language in Dr. Disrespect's contract doesn't cover arbitratability at all. So maybe you go to the courts and can say this isn't an arbitratable question. And so the courts can actually look at something here. But if there is language in the agreement that says the arbitrators get to decide on what is arbitratable, then the Supreme Court has in general held that that is going to be locked into that confidential arbitration process. So what you see here in a situation like this, in a video like the one that Dr. Disrespect put up yesterday, clipped here today for you, is someone that's clearly angry about the process, that is establishing that they feel that they were 
very significantly harmed by Twitch acting. Undoubtedly, how he feels is arbitrary in its nature, that they cut three quarters of his profits away from him in a fashion that he generally has evidenced he feels is unfair. And he's showing exactly how this hurt, but he's adding more. It's hurt my other plans. It's blacklisting me. It's shadow banning me. And so we're going to sue them. What's that going to be about? Is it going to be successful? There are a lot of hurdles and there might be a number of other theories that his lawyers would bring. Certainly, if there is a formal lawsuit, ping me. I know a dozen or more of you will, so I'm not really worried about that. But let me know. I'll talk about it with you all. But until then, what I see are theories that have a possibility of working, but in a very difficult environment to bring the case. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy conversations like this about the business and law of video games, streaming, pop culture, and more, please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon, a lot of cool stuff over there. We've got other ways to support it. Below, we've got super chats and thanks and everything else that YouTube helps make happen. Or if you just subscribe, tell your friends we're having these conversations, get this video out there to people that might be interested. Every single little bit helps. And I am so, so appreciative of that support for the channel as well. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.